thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, and this is June of 2023, the first Sunday uh, of 2023 in June. And the weather is finally starting to look like summertime. We've had a lot of colder weather, um, some rain, wind, that kind of thing, but it's not really shown up to be warm enough to enjoy the summer yet until yesterday. Yesterday was beautiful. We were able to go over and hang out at our friend's house. Uh, they have a pool and uh, we got to have some snacks and some uh, beverages and enjoy the sitting outside and soaking up some sun and just enjoying how nice the day was and kind of talking about our upcoming plans and our vacations that we have, which is great. Um, you know, some people feel like they work their entire lives for nothing and some people um, learn from those and use those lessons to teach them what it is they do want. I learned a long time ago from my wife that uh, vacations are pretty awesome. When I met my wife, I did not take vacations. I was the kind of person that would just save vacation days towards the end of the year <clears throat> because at the time I had sole custody of my two kids and I did not know when they were going to need to have a sick day from school or need to be out because of something having to go on with the daycare being closed or something like that. And so I didn't take vacations at all. All of my days would be burned up using for stuff with the kids and <clears throat> kids get older and they get sick less. And it got to be towards the end of the year while she and I were dating. And, um, she's like, well, what are you planning on doing for your week off? And I was like, doing I'm doing nothing. I'm going to sit at the house and not work for at least a week. Um, that way I can just rest. And then Monday I'll go back to work, but I'm going to use this week to do nothing. And she was like, well, we got to, if you're going to be with me, we got to change that because we're going to, I'm going to go on vacation and I want you to go with me. And I was like, it sounds expensive. And it is. But that's sort of the reason that we do work. That's sort of the reason that we, do whatever it is we have to do on the days we're at work. That way we can enjoy our days off. So we have vacation coming up. We have a few things and I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yesterday was a day that we could talk to our friends and regroup and discuss what our plans are and what we're going to do together. And uh, it's going to be fun. We got a, a house full of people going to be here next weekend. So that'll be fun. Um, looking forward to seeing everybody. But let's talk about some stuff I heard, okay? Because this past week, speaking upon vacations and money and all that other stuff, um, I listened to a podcast called Time Suck. And I go stretches of listening to things and then not and then going back and listening. And I think I'm kind of pretty much current right now with what's going on. Um, but I listened to one this past, I guess it's a week and a half now, of uh, the 1928 Banana Riots. Um, it's pretty, pretty eye-opening. Um, I think that's what it was called. 1928 Banana Massacre. Banana Massacre. And he sort of starts off the thing saying, yeah, that was back when uh, Chiquita Banana came after us and, uh, slaughtered a whole bunch of people and, you know, just making it funny. But, um, it's sort of trying to make light of a, a horrific situation. Um, apparently bananas are originally from the uh, Indies and West Indies. And it 
was brought over to America um, at a time when refrigeration wasn't a thing, uh, when they first were introduced to the Americas in the New York, Boston area. Um, they were selling it for what equivalented to $45 of today's money per pound. Um, it was such an exotic fruit of things that we didn't have before that people were willing to pay for it. And it quickly became one of America's favorite fruits. It surpassed apples and oranges uh, pretty quickly as one of their favorite fruits because it's portable, it's easy to eat, it's full of potassium and tastes good and, you know, all that good stuff. So... Apparently, the history of this thing goes back to the 1800s, and this guy started planting um, down in the Costa Rican area. Uh, there was discussion about building the Panama Canal. Uh, during a portion of that, this guy had an idea to build a railroad that would go from one coast to the other. While they were waiting for the Panama Canal to be built, uh, and they couldn't find a way for it to be done, um, they were going to try to use this train as a way to move goods from one coast to the other. One ocean to the other, from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. And so <clears throat> with the building of this railroad, uh, they were going through dense jungle that um, was very difficult to build in. Uh, a lot of unpopulated areas, but also areas where there may be some uh, migrant people who worked, who lived there and they were displaced or murdered. Um, the guy was having trouble building the railroad because of a lot of factors being the heat. Um, not only was it hot, but it was very humid. The area, um, was thick with malaria, a lot of mosquitoes. Uh, a lot of people got sick. A lot of people died. Um, he kept hiring people from other countries to come in and work because none of the locals would do it. And they wouldn't pay them what they promised them. For the most part, most of the people who came to work for them either died or ran away. Um, they, he talks about how they brought in a bunch of people from Jamaica, a bunch of people from Cuba, a bunch of people from Italy. At one time, they worked out a deal with prisoners from different areas uh, where they would allow them to come and work basically a slave labor building this train. And if they made it uh, to train's completion, they were their sentence was commuted. And I think he said of those people, only three survived. Um, reports don't say whether or not they were given their freedom or not, but that was just sort of the overall information. Now, this company was ruthless um, building this railroad. And this guy, his name is Minor C. Keith, I think is his name. I got it on here. Hang on. I pulled it up a second ago. <clears throat> yeah, Minor C. Keith. As he's building this railroad, they had to find a way to feed the the help. Uh, <laughs> there's no other, there's, a, there's, there's worse ways to put it, but We'll just call it helpers, um, workers. Uh, they needed to find a way to feed workers and not cost even more money. Um, so they started planting bananas along the sides of where they were working. And they quickly grew. They were feeding them mostly bananas and sweet potatoes. Um, 
just to give them some substance with as little money involved as possible. Uh, but by the time he got the railroad done, um, there was no point in it. Uh, from my understanding, um, the Panama Canal was finished and then nobody was using the railway. But he realized there was a market for these bananas and he had acquired, let's, let's say acquired, he had acquired all this land on both sides of where the railroad was and had built these plantations of banana, whatever you call them, uh, bunches. Um, and started harvesting them and selling them. And within a year, he made more money back from selling the bananas than he than he ever than it ever cost to make the railroad to start with. It's like eighty million dollars U.S. today. Um, but the history of this company that was forged from it—it's called United Fruit. It's pretty dark and terrifying. And uh, every every day, I would listen to. Time suck and listen to Dan Cummins try to tell the story with a positive spin or a positive joke with it. Um, it was it's it's pretty it's a pretty dark portion of American history of how basically we exploited uh, Guatemala, the Honduras, and Costa Rica for fruit for money. Um, they figured out a way to do it without taxes for a long time without tariffs. Um, <laughs> they were just making hand over fist money in, in fruit. And, uh, and it still continues today in some regards. And it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad. Um, you know, I eat bananas. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty nice when they're 59 cent a pound. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, far cry from $45 a pound, but 59 cent a pound bananas is pretty hard to pass up. But I guess, uh, the only way that companies change is if we change. And so some of that change has to come from buying local, buying from your local farmer's market. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, if you want to learn about United Fruit or any of their history or their timelines or stuff, check out Dan Cummins' Time Suck. It's on YouTube. It's on podcast. He does a much better job of explaining this than I do. Uh, I just had to get it out of my head and share it with you guys because I couldn't listen anymore. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. <laughs> it's a pretty rough part of history. Uh, it makes me sad that uh, it is part of our history and that it went unchecked and that we, as as a people, we exploited people to that to that length, um, basically working them up until they died. Uh, they never, most of them never received an actual wage. They were paid in store benefits for a commissary store that they controlled the prices of. Most of them barely made enough money to actually survive on. Um, most of them worked until they died. Once they started working for them, that was it. So, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty devastating part of history. But, uh, but yeah. So anyway, Let's change notes a little bit and go something a little lighter. How about that? Um, I watched the Queen Charlotte of Bridgerton story on Netflix. Um, I had seen it advertised being up on there. And my wife and I enjoyed watching uh, the Bridgerton series. And the Queen, this is supposed to be the story of how the Queen and, the, and, and her husband were together, uh, the King. And so we had seen a glimpse of this in 
the first two seasons where they had shown mainly the queen operating and the king kind of puttering in and out and seems like he kind of lost his mind a little bit in his older age. And they address this in this show. Um, they show her uh, as a young girl uh, being married off. She had never met this guy, but this was how it was, this was done for a long period of history where royalty would marry off other royalty to ensure um, alliances and military support and trade agreements and stuff like that. Um, it was also a way to ensure that their bloodline would continue with their name sometimes or the fact that they have children would then propagate the future of the kingdom. Um, you know, we've been learning a little bit about that, watching the crown on Netflix. And, uh, so this is sort of a fictionalized version of that. And I gotta say it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, my wife watched at it. She said that she was reading a book that was way too good to watch it, but she would let me watch it in the room while she would read. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story. Um, it was interesting to see <clears throat> how they made a love story flashing forward and backwards on the position of the queen um, having children of her own, trying to further the bloodline um, with amongst her 14 kids and the difficulty they were having. And then you go back and you watch the difficulty that she had just getting to know the king, even though they were already married. Um, they sort of address the king's illness and it's, um, it's a love story. Ultimately it's a love story. It takes a while to get there, but it's good. I liked it. So if you're looking for something kind of fun to watch, a nice period piece with cool costumes and a, and an overall feeling of love, this is a love story. Um, it takes a while because let's face it, sometimes love does. Sometimes love hurts. Sometimes love is uh, not what you expect. And then when it finds you, it's uh, all you can do to protect it. And uh, and this is that. So Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Um, I'm going to give it a, a must watch. Thumbs up. Um, <clears throat> all right. So I've been watching this series on Netflix called The Last Kingdom. And I think there was, I don't know, four or five seasons, something like that of the actual uh, show. Well, they've came out with a movie called Seven Kings Must Die. And this is a continuation of the story. I guess they decided to just close this out with a movie instead of having it be another season. There wasn't enough content, in, in my opinion, for this last season to do, or this last portion of it, to do like multiple episodes. They needed to be a movie, and they did. They did it right. Um, you got your, your main guy, uh, Uhtred of of Bedenburg. He's supposed to be a version of a real life uh, guy who is sort of a Viking raised as a Saxon, um, taught to believe in multiple gods first and then taught to believe in one God and saw the delicate nature of those beliefs causing hundreds of people, if not thousands, to die. And him wanting to just have children of his own and 
just have his own land back, uh, the castle that he grew up with, with his father. He wanted to avenge his father's death and his whole thing. And his land was was situated right between where the Vikings were fighting on one side to control all of England and the Saxons were fighting to control all of England. And there was always a battle of control and who deserves to be the king and who should rule. And anytime there was any kind of unrest whatsoever, the whole country was in an uproar and people were fighting with each other. And this episode or this, this show movie, it's called a movie. It's a movie. It is a full movie. It's an hour and 51 minutes long. Um, this did a really good job of showing this character trying to navigate a friendship that he had and a alliance that he had with both the Vikings and with the English, the, the Saxons, as you call them, um, to form what is what became modern-day England. Uh, there was a maneuver done to ensure that King Edward, um, or the following King Edward's death, uh, that his son, they would basically figure out a way for him to never have a kid um, and thus not continuing the bloodline, but protecting the England as an entity and not a people. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but anyway, I thought it was done really well. I thought the acting is is good. The The costumes are great. The locations are great. Um, I didn't know this was based on a real guy. There is a castle in Northumbria uh, that still stands today. Um, apparently it was destroyed at a certain point and then rebuilt. And it is apparently very impressive and it's like a big tourist attraction now. But um, yeah. I'm, I never knew about Utrid until they did this movie and this show. Uh, but now that I have, it's uh, it's quite an amazing piece of history. So anyway, I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was great. Um, you know, if you're into history and Vikings and the English and the turn of the century of the new reign of power, uh, you know, before cars and guns and that sort of thing, lots of sword fighting, lots of... Uh, gruesome tactics um it's good so anyway uh yeah all right switching gears again this is the last thing i swear uh <laughs> i watched a show called foobar this stars arnold schwarzenegger uh you know him you love him he's the governator i am the governator he's awesome listen i came across a podcast where Bert Kreischer was uh, sitting down with Fortune Feimster and they were discussing about, you know, future plans and things they were involved in. And Bert was getting ready to film the machine and Fortune had said that she had got this action role in a show called FUBAR with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And she was like, and they're, they're having me work out. You know, they want me to be in shape for this thing because I got to do some stunt work and, and that sort of stuff. And, and he was like, really? Well, tell me more about this. And so they talked about it. And anyway, while Bert is promoting the machine, Fortune was promoting FUBAR. And on Bert's Insta stories, he got to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Fortune Feimster at Gold's Gym. And they worked out for the day. And Bert's been on podcasts, and he's talked about hanging out with Arnold. And he says, I'm telling you, the guy is what you want him to be. 
he understands that he is the action star and that he's brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives about, you know, these one-liners and movies where he does the crazy thing that no one thinks you should be able to do, but it, it pulls it off. And, and he was like, he was so giving and friendly with all of the fans. If anybody walked up to him, he would, he would, you know, be happy to take the picture and whatever. He gets it. He understands. Um, so they hung out for the day. They got to work out. They got to discuss the promoting their movie and their show and that sort of thing. And, and I liked that. I thought that was fun. Um, the show that they've come up with on Netflix, <clears throat> um, I didn't like. I got to be honest. I didn't care for it. Uh, I liked Fortune Feimster's character. I thought she was hilarious. Uh, there's a few of the characters on there that are great. Um, but I don't know. There's something about it. I just couldn't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that Arnold is this bigger than life movie star. And here he is in a TV show. And I keep going. Yeah, but he was the governor like for a long time in California. And now he's doing movies again. He was the Terminator. And I can't tell if he's, if he's had work done on his face or something, something's not right. There's some kind of thing going on with where he's, I don't know. I don't know. It was, he, he may be a bigger movie star than he, than TV can handle. If that makes any sense. Um, for a long time, he's the Terminator. He's the, he's the guy on the predator. He's the running man. He's the main character who's doing the fantastic thing all the time. And to put him in a cast on a TV show is just a little distracting. I think, um, if they had anybody else playing his part, I I think it might have, the show might be a little better, but also no one would watch it because the show's not that great. Uh, the The idea is, is, the idea is stupid. The idea is a, it's an 80s action movie idea with Arnold doing it, which is perfect. Um, but it also at times wants to be other things. And it's got some social issues they try to attach and they try got some, I don't know. It's listen, fortune was great. I really liked her on the show. I thought she was excellent. Um, I liked Milan Carter playing Barry. I thought he was great. There's a few characters on there that are great, but for some reason it just, it feels clunky watching. Maybe it's the bad guy. He's too, he's too much the eighties bad guy. A bad guy makes a show if you're going to have an action show. Um, and I just, I don't know. It would, you got to watch it on your own, okay? I'm just saying, uh, if you like Arnold, you're going to like this. <laughs> if, you, if you like cheesy 80 movies, you're going to like this. It's one of those TV shows you could have on in the background and not fully pay attention to it and still kind of get it. Um, all the things you think are going to happen are going to happen. Um, yeah. So the, even the bad guy in the show looks like the bad guy from from uh, true lies so just to kind of paint that picture i mean he looked like a body double face double for the bad guy in true lies and he dies similarly so you know there's that anyway <laughs> that's it that's all i got i just i just wanted to do a little podcast with you guys i just wanted to say hello and how are you doing and i hope you're having a great day and don't forget to take vacation and 
you know, don't uh, don't take over a small third world country and try to exploit them for fruit. Um, and if you're going to pay them, pay them in something better than uh, store dollars, like pay them in actual money so that maybe they could, you know, get away from you and your dictatorship and, and all that fun stuff. And if you're going to watch something cool, share it with me. I want to know what's good out there. Uh, there's a lot of content being made right now and a lot of content on things. And I find myself stroll, scrolling through things going, I don't even know what to even start watching because this is all just so much chaos. Um, I'm still I'm still suffering the effects of, of the Marvelous Miss Maisel's finale. I'm still feeling like a, a resonant um, haunting of the final season, the final couple of episodes. Um, I'm telling you, the Miss Maisel is, is, is the best show. And, uh, yeah. If I had the choice of watching any of these shows I just watched or going back and watching Miss Maisel again, I would vote to watch Miss Maisel again in a heartbeat. All right, that's it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, uh, check out Cody Webb. His new single, Zebco 33, is out. It's everywhere. Uh, he may be quickly becoming one of my favorite music artists. So, uh, yeah. That's it. Share the love, y'all. Uh, <laughs> support uh, local and uh, support the positive, promote the positive. And as always, cue the cow. Cue. Cow, move, baby. <laughs>